When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Performance Art reached out to me earlier today and said, when do you guys, when do you think you'll be recording? And I said, six? <laughs> Shoulder shrug. Uh, six twenty. It's, uh, it's my significant go. other's birthday today, and mine's coming up in a few days. Hey, Brennis. Um, I'm gonna break. Do you need a, a gift, Mike? Are you asking? <laughs> I'm asking the people for a gift. Uh, Are my you significant. Can I brag real quick? What? We're gonna get this out there. My significant other. A nice band, uh, with Tyrannosaurus Rex fossil in it. Oh, nice. And it's got a verification card on it, too, from a real T-Rex. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, things are looking up over here. Chewy, good to see you, buddy. Uh, Ketzel, got to let you know, I do see uh, that you are not, you're not banned anymore. Ketzel got banned, Mike, by uh, YouTube in the last episode uh, because we were um, making jokes about... All right, so you weren't answering, so I said, oh, he's probably dead. So Kat's response was just rest in peace, Mike. And YouTube banned him. No! <laughs> from, from the, from the channel for a bit. That's wow. kind of weird. Um, that is weird. Well, we know JM's not having any fun, so he let us know. Not only was the audio not working, it's also boring. So thanks, oh. JM. We're, we're getting rolling here. Yeah. Um, Mike, Jeffy boy. He gone. Shocking news. Uh, <laughs> not not for us so much. Uh, if, uh, who? Uh, I mean, I can, you know, obviously we expected this to come through. Um, you know, we follow. We also are not retaining my boy Doug Hutta. Uh, my boys in Dearborn represent. He's not coming back. Um, but you know, uh, Matt, I'm going to ask you the big question. And I think we already know the answer if you've watched enough episodes of the show. Um, is it the right move? I mean, to be honest, um, I don't know if Blaschel ever really got a fair shot to see what he looks like behind the bench with, you know, uh, uh, playing with a, a full hand um, of cards, so to speak. Um, he's basically been in a reprogram. He's been in a rebuild program uh, since basically day one. Um where it felt like every deadline, you know, we're giving away, you know, um, ready now players for, you know, prospects and draft picks. Um, 
So, you know, I, I'm not going to be a big, you know, I'm not ready to die on that hill or say, man, we really needed to retain Blashley. We we were just on the cusp of being relevant, and then we give up on him. Um, I think the I think the beef was, I think the last straw was, you know, you you you, you retained him as long as you could for with a losing team, um, even though it wasn't, you know, the most stacked roster of all time. But this season, you know, we saw what it looked like with Cider, with Raymond, um, you know, guys like Larkin, Bertuzzi, um, Ferrana, obviously, for a much shorter spell than we'd like. Um, and we had a lot of games where, you know, Red Wings fans were kind of looking at each other going, my God, we lost by a touchdown? Um, well, that'll probably just happen once. And then it would happen two, three, four, five, six times, you know, over the course of the season. So I think Iserman could have stomached and maybe even my God, given him another year, if it had just been like, you know, a 500 team or just a little bit below. Uh, but I, I think those games losing by a touchdown, kind of, kind of losing that connection with the players. Um, we're on the cusp of, you know, being at a, in a different tier. Um, it looked like it was time to go. Yeah. I mean, I would come back to, even if he didn't have a full deck, uh, he really lost control of like what was going on there with uh, the multiple goalie polls, um, which is just, I don't know, to me, again, I, I just feel like when it's something that's unprecedented and how often he did that within like a two week span, it really just pointed to, all right, he he's, he's, it's not like, I don't want to sit here and play this game where we saw like Frank Saravelli tweeting out and we made fun of him. It, he was due to be made fun of for the tweet of just saying some players are unhappy with Jeff Blaschel. But my problem, because you don't need, as a leader, you don't need everyone to love you. I think there's a million different ways to lead. Um, I don't choose to, to lead that way when I have those options. But I don't, it's, it's, it's confusing too. And I'll just put this little staple in there because a lot of people, you know, have already pegged him as like the, the player's coach. So I'm not saying people hated him because he was like mean or anything. But I just want to say, I don't. I don't think any of that really comes into play. At least if I was Steve Eiserman, I don't care about any of that because again, I don't think you need everyone to love you to be successful, but we'll say when you can't really get a grasp on like what's going wrong, how can I stop this from being, you know, like ballooning to 11 goals? That That's a problem. You know, like, uh, there's got to be some way to, like, plug those holes sometimes. And, um, you know, it's not like that happened every game to end the season, but more than once was too much. Uh, I think you can take a blowout like that. Uh, I mean, the Maple Leafs just got blown out 8-1 to one to Tampa Bay, what, like, a week, week and a half ago. So it's, it's it happens. It happens to everyone. But in the short span, the back and forth of the goalies, um, you know, there's there's also this element too I, where if if you're if you're gonna jump on this this uh, train with me and and come for a little ride here, you know, like the season wasn't going to result in playoffs, right? And Jeff's putting together lineups where we kept begging for certain guys to play together, and it just it kind of felt like you couldn't really connect the dots as to why some guys were getting the more like the, the, the better uh, offensive opportunities, you know, being higher in the lineup a few times during the season. 
And it just like that, that's almost something too, where you wondered if Jeff was making these safer options, going with guys who he knew instead of trying to go with a riskier option. Uh, if it is a riskier option, I don't know. It's just, it, it's not even, it's not even riskier. Like that's the thing. I, I'm going to pull back on that. I'm going to say I'm dumb for saying that. Cause that wasn't even the point I was making. I just, I just, I found it difficult to figure out what the decision was. And I think that's certainly a good reason to kind of make that separation. Um, so what would be nice, I will say this, if we did not have some reasons to point to, um, and we were making this change because this team just needs a new voice and we needed to, um, you know, we're, we're going to be bringing in a bunch of new names and this is like a new era where instead there are a lot of reasons that you pull the plug on Jeff. So, um, I don't know if I'm, if I'm quite ready to say, because I think there is an element here too, that I want to discuss with you and I want to get your opinion. I'll go first. I'm not ready to say that this move was completed or done because Steve is ready to move this roster to the next level. Mike, let's, uh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to peruse the comments here. Uh, I do have to first throw out, uh, Curtis came aboard. He couldn't stick around. It's his son's first birthday. Oh, happy, happy birthday. birthday. Happy um, birthday. Yeah, so you, you, you probably already jumped off after my little rant there. So, uh, Curtis, hopefully uh, you see this later, but uh, yeah, happy birthday to the little one. Um, I did see, I did see a couple of notes here. Oh, I do, you know, performance arts there in the pot. Uh, he, he said Jeff will land a new job before we announce our new coach. Um, I don't know if I have a problem with that. I don't know if we, you know, we're taking our time. That's fine. But performance art does throw in there, and this was kind of to your point, Mike. The devil you know is always better than the devil you don't. Um, I just don't know that that comment has some truth to it, but it also assumes that uh, we're not doing a ton of due diligence. That there isn't like a, a longer plan to bringing in a particular coach, which I don't know. I don't know if we can say that. I mean, we hung on to Jeff for so long because we kept saying um, the timing wasn't right. We knew we were still going to stink kind of thing. And then it gets moved on again for the reasons that I listed and maybe because Steve is ready to move this roster to the next level. So I know what you're saying, performance art with that one. I, I just, um, it's tough, right? I mean, uh, that's almost the comment too, to say that <laughs> that means, uh, Sergey Fedorov's coming in, right, as our next head coach. But I, I also we'll talk about that. I, I have, I have a lot of fears uh, coming into play with doing a move like that. That really is just um, bringing in another name. But Mike, I asked you a question a second ago. Do you think Steve's making this move more because of Jeff Blaschel or more because this roster is getting its big push? Or can I think you even that really the I, th I think that the retaining of Jeff would indicate to me that they think that this is much longer of a process than we the fans are hoping and expecting for. The separation to me 
indicates that Iserman thinks that he, yes, I did not quite give you, you know, uh, the Colorado Avalanche roster, but I did give you enough where I think this should have been, you know, about a 500 team and you didn't quite get there. So my plan this off season is I have a wide open cap sheet. Um, I have prospects coming over. I, you know, knock on wood, maybe draft will go. Okay. I have free agency money. Um, this, this needs to be, you know, more than just a symbolic gesture. This needs to be more than a cap sheet. This needs a new voice. Um, and I think that, you know, Steve is going to want to, you know, handpick somebody to help lead the team into the next tier, um, from, you know, seller dwellers and teams that flounder into, um, you know, a playoff team year in, year out. Um, so I think that's going to be interesting then to see what kind of candidate Steve looks at. Um, if it is going to be somebody proven, you know, with NHL experience, or if it's going to be, um, you know, maybe somebody who's never coached in the NHL before. Um, but, you know, maybe somebody who, maybe this is kind of teasing what we're going to talk about in a little bit, but, you know, maybe somebody uh, a little savvy with the native tongue of some of the players that we have. Uh, maybe somebody who's, you know, really good at development. Um, maybe somebody who they think can get something more out of, you know, the Valenos, the Zadinas, the Rasmussens, um, you know, elevate most cider even more. Um so, yeah, I don't know if it's going to be, you know, like a, a, you know, a guy who's maybe lost a few playoff rounds in the NHL or more of a development guy. But I'm, I'm pretty interested to see that um, which decision they go with. Well, we've got some more thoughts on Jeff. Uh, Ketzel thrown out there uh, was primarily because he lost uh, the locker room is why he got the, uh, the boot. Charlie, what's going on, Charlie? Uh, Blash coaches boring basics developmental hockey. Uh, how to level the playing field. I like that, uh, actually, the way you put that, Charlie. Um, but it's uh, time for some creativity because talent is back. Now, you know what's funny uh, was was how excited we were at the beginning of the season, and we kept mentioning, like, oh, man, they're letting the reins go. Like, Lucas Raymond, Mo Sider, able to do whatever they want. They're just dipsy-doodling around everybody here, and uh, they're creating some fun offense. Mm-hmm. And that just seemed to to disappear as the year went on. And I, I, you know, I, I said, I used the word risk and him trying to make less risky decisions as, as uh, from, from a player lineup perspective. But that's actually, I think to Charlie's point, that's something that I'm missing myself is that they definitely pulled back. Uh, they saw, they saw some, some holes in the goaltending. Uh, and again, we talked about Nadelkovich uh, having the most games he's played his entire career this year. Uh, so I'm not worried about Nadelkovich, but you can't argue that the play certainly dropped. And when that started to happen, it's almost like Jeff hit the panic button, tried to reverse an entire <laughs> half a year of practice and strategy of letting some of these guys do what they want and try to be more creative and do, you know, do, do some more, um, I don't know. Be themselves is kind of what I wanted to throw out there. And I think that's how we fell in love with Lucas and fell in love with Mo. Um, and then that completely went away. Now, Mo is just so talented. His his ability to be fun to watch whenever he was on the ice did not go away. But the, the team as a whole turned into what Charlie just described as the 
let it chances from either side. Let's try and get to the third period. And I think with all of this mixed messaging, probably over a whole year, the holes in the goaltending for sure. Um, but then not being able to, like, we could toss this in there, not being able to figure out how to plug that hole. Um, all that stuff combined. Uh, Ketzel throws in there maybe too nice of a coach. I don't know. Uh, Mike in the comments throws in Alex Tungay, the new coach. Uh, I don't know about that one, Mike. If you no. saw this power play like turn into a brand new thing here, um, I, th- I think you'd have something to run with here. But I mean, there were some flashes. There were some Dan flashes uh, for this power play. Hey. But, uh, well, I, there wasn't enough for me to see here for a guy to go. Uh, what are we talking? Um, was he minors or college then to Jeff's coaching staff? And then, yeah, to, you know, to, to say that we've seen enough to give him the reins, I don't know. Um, I like where your head's at, though, Mike. Um, Dr. Disinfect, uh, of course, in reference to Dr. Disrespect, says don't bash the blash. It's too late. I mean, he's gone. We can't. There's nothing we can do. That's all we can talk about is the fact that he's gone. Um, no, listen. I, on this show, I think we've talked about it a lot. Um, we we didn't think. Um, I, I I think that he. I, I'm going to keep using that that poker analogy. He was kind of playing the hand he was dealt, right? So, like when this team was severely lacking in talent, um, like last year, um, he just you know, openly, you know, he made it very obvious on the ice that the strategy was let's just limit opportunities for both teams and maybe we'll win a few games, you know, two to one or three to two. So we'll just really shut down how, you know, back and forth the game is played um, because we don't have the guns, you know, to go up and down the ice. Um, And it did, it did translate to some victories. It was a, it was a, a coaching choice, obviously, indicative of what kind of talent Blash had. So like Matt, you alluded to a moment ago, um, you know, when Lucas and Mo came up, you're like, whoa, these guys are super duper skilled, intelligent players. We can open up the ice a little bit. Um, I think Blashill did, um, you know, make those attempts to make the game a little bit more fun um, as a, as a runwing player, um, you know, to open it up and let these guys off the reins, uh, like you said, but just felt like ultimately, um, I don't know if, you know, necessarily we know if, you know, the message just wasn't getting across, but it, you know, and these guys would just get annihilated by touchdowns. um, It was, it was too much. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's time to move on and, you know, probably best for Jeff too, who, you know, we, he did have a long shot. He was uh, at at the time, at this time, the second longest tenured NHL coach, um, you know, current. Um, in, in the league, which is, you know, no small feat, especially for a, a team that's not doing very well. Um, so, I mean, he's still got that on his resume. And uh, I, I don't think he's going to go long. One of our, I know one or two of our commenters already said, you know, he's probably not going to go very long without having some sort of NHL job. Um, but I, I feel like Jeff will want some sort of break before going back into head coaching. Because uh, this, this had to be pretty stressful um, night in, night oh, yeah. out. So I, I would think he wants some sort of, you know, reprieve. Um, there is there uh, just to, um, 
I don't know. I, there's really no need to go too deep into Jeff's future, but there there has always been that element too of the pressure. Um, kind of similar, like we bring up pro wrestling all the time, but it kind of similar to like uh, if you're injured, you got to still get back out there. But um, there's only so few NHL coaching jobs, so I think if Jeff gets the call, he's got to take it. <laughs> uh, Righteous uh, is aboard. He says, "I'm late, but hallelujah, we are blashless." Poor Jeff. <laughs> um, now I do want to I want to take this and uh, transition into a, a tweet we threw out there to get uh, the world's opinion. Uh, but before I pull up this comment, I do want to throw out there if you guys are having a little bit of fun, just go ahead and uh, let me know what you guys are thinking, coach wise, because we want to try and touch them all. Uh, and if you guys are having a little bit of fun in the chat or uh, listening to us uh, go on and on about poor Jeffy boy, um, hit up, uh, hit that good old like button, hit the subscribe if you want to check out the next episode. Uh, shut throw out there too. We plan to do our uh, season grades by Little Caesars uh, menu items. Uh, it's our annual review of uh, the NH, or I should say, of the Detroit Red Wings season. And uh, unfortunately, big news. So uh, we're gonna push that off till next week. So yeah. So there's that. All right. But anyway, Mike, here's some of the comments we're getting right now. Yuri Fisher, lol. Uh, oh, of course, gosh. associate director of player personnel right now. Um, Ketzel throws out there. Think Ozzy might get the call for goalie coach. Brennis, that would be interesting. Ozzy, Ozzy does love Kosa. Look at, look at this. Those jobs are always really tough for me to, like, if you've had a TV job to go back into coaching, um, I feel like there's a, a really low success rate, you know, for, you know, look at it, you know, maybe Barry Melrose. You don't think John Gruden did a great job? <laughs> That's my <laughs> next one. I just, uh, I also think like once you get to uh, once you once you kind of get that cushy TV job, it's a whole different animal to be there with the team, you know, yeah. for eighty-two regular season games and the preseason and the off season. It's a it's a hell of a grind. Um, so yeah, I would not anticipate Ozzy wanting to leave that. And uh, Doctor Disinfect thrown out there, Steve Eiserman, of course. Hockey fans, feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup for eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit, withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 and over. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. But, uh, Mike, that brings up... uh... We brought, I brought back our old game, right? We had to do it a lot. Um, <laughs> when, oh, be uh, when we were Oculus. That's right. When, uh, when COVID struck and we were struggling, uh, going, God, how long did we go without hockey? Um, what was that? Like nine months? Uh, we had our uh, be the GM a, segment, yeah. but, uh, what I asked on Twitter at BOD hockey, if you guys want to follow, uh, hopefully we will be transitioning to at, uh, Red Wings rant soon enough. 
piece of garbage that has that Twitter account with one follower. I hate you. But anyway, uh, the question we asked, uh, who would you sign uh, to coach the Red Wings next season? Uh, number one, there's a lot of different options here, Mike. Red Wings alumni. <laughs> so we're getting a lot of shout outs. Uh, Jared thrown in there. Uh, Yuri Hudler available? <laughs> oh, no. No, Jared, we're not reading the rest of that. Um, <laughs> Jeepers, creepers. Um, so, yeah, of course, uh, there's been some other names thrown out there. Um, Larry Onoff, who who just signed a new contract, as, as Max Boltman threw in his article uh, that came out yesterday. So I think Igor's crossed off the list. But also Sergei Fedorov, part of that list. After he just uh, won a championship in his league, after being down 3-1, to one, he coaches his team to victory. And then the next day, Jeff gets fired, and everybody was like, oh, oh. as if as if Steve Eisman was like, make it so. I'll think about it. But if he wins <laughs> that championship, <laughs> Jeff, you're you're gone. Jeff's just watching that game, sweating. All right. So number one, uh, Red Wings alumni. Number two, spelled incorrectly, Ricard Gronborg. And number three, Lane Lambert. And uh, mm-hmm. other in the comments there, uh, we did get some good suggestions like uh, Boudreaux, if uh, his career does not continue, good old Vancouver, um, which I don't know. It, it's one of those things where, um, I mean, <laughs> Vancouver ended up on the outside looking in on the playoffs for a team that, Mike, you and I were ready to, <laughs> we were ready to take some of their players last year. So arguably we think that was a very a talented team. And uh, despite Bruce doing a better job coming in halfway through the season, he did, they did get real close to the playoffs, but it just, there were too many losses. And I think uh, right at the end there, what did they, they ran together like six or eight wins in a row or something. But uh, so there, there, there was, there was a lot of good to like about Bruce, but I, I wonder too, if there was so much good, lot, you know, a lot to like there. Why wouldn't that relationship continue? But it is still interesting. Like that—that that was the one that uh, I think sticks in the back of my head the most from uh, from what we tweeted out there. But Mike, that only took home eleven percent of the vote. Lane takes home ten percent of the vote. Mike, I was a little worried about doing this in the poll because I figured people are going to lump together their Larianoffs, their Fedorovs, and as we learn now from Jared, he was thinking when he voted on this. Yuri Hudler. Um, but only 32% of the vote, Red Wings alumni, and 47% of the vote, Gronborg. Um, of course, the man who looks like a Viking and carries himself as one. Uh, got the tweet actually earlier today from uh, Performance Art. He's concerned people just want him to coach because he has a beard. <sighs> <laughs> I mean, there's also the relationship with Nicholas Lidstrom. Um, and if we, uh, not only was he bringing him up in recent interviews and said, yeah, that's, that's my boy. Um, what was this? Uh, Sweden's national team, uh, levels U18 and U20. Uh, again, part of the, uh, committee that was selecting him nicholas lindstrom so uh i'm sorry the 2016 world cup team there we go um 
So bit of a relationship there, especially with the guy we just signed uh, to help Steve Eiserman build out uh, what this team's going to look like in the future. Steve, you know, arguably, maybe his right-hand man. Anytime he's, he's in town, he's sitting right next to Steve discussing hockey. I mean, he is considered the perfect human. Would he have the perfect selection for a future coach? Um, maybe. I, I just – I guess what I feel like is – um. I feel like the Red Wings now, they, I feel like they got their taste of what it looks like to hire, like, uh, you know, I, Jeff, I would still call him like an AHL guy who, you know, we, we thought we were kind of getting, uh, you know, a little lightning in a bottle here and now it'll translate to the National Hockey League. Um, but I mean, you know, Iserman was part of that, that, that Red Wing regime. Obviously he's, you know, not exactly what, uh, the example when I, when I tell you what I'm getting at, but like the Red Wings started really going for players who are from Europe, uh, from Russia, you know, in the late, late nineties. And they, they do get credit for kind of being, um, you know, a little bit more open-minded instead of just, you know, so stringently focusing on Canadian, 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 and a few Americans. Um, so I, I would honestly be a little surprised if they didn't pluck somebody from the SHL. Um, whether or not it is, um, you know, Groenborg or I, I would, you know, maybe look at Cam Abbott, um, you know, uh, Roger Roenberg, a couple more SHL guys. I thought, yeah, if we could pause, I thought Roger, who was, uh, I, I like the way that this was put by uh, Max Boltman's article on The Athletic. The Red Wings love drafting uh, boys from Frolanda so much. Why not bring over their, <laughs> their head coach? And and I will be honest here, too. Um when folks were really excited about Gromborg, I thought I thought everybody was talking about Roger Roenborg. Sorry. Uh, only because of the Frolanda connection. And yeah, I thought, yeah that's, that's the easy, yeah, bingo, bingo. That's how we know what's going on. It's going to be the Frolanda boys coming over. And who's going to coach them better? I, than, yeah, uh, than the guy I know it's a stretch. I know it might be a little bit of a stretch, especially asking this guy to like, we know how much um, hockey players and coaches kind of like growing roots and staying there for a long time. Yeah. Um, I know I'd be asking a lot to be, you know, any of those coaches to uproot their life um, and come live in Detroit, um, you know, year round for five to six years, just bring your whole family over here. But I mean, if they do want a taste of the NHL, uh, I, I, I mean, they already have a ton of familiarity with, you know, Red Wing alumni being in the scouting department, you know, talking to these guys, you know, before and after games, um, you know, they're familiar with the players themselves because they've coached quite a few of them. Um, you've already named, you know, the, you know, Raymond Edvinson, um, our favorite unicorn, Elmer Soltrabloom, um, you know, all sorts of guys like that. So it, I, I got to think that Steve's going to make the call. Um, and as far as, you know, the Red Wings kind of being at the forefront of, you know, going abroad for uh, player talent, I wouldn't be surprised if they're at the forefront of, you know, looking abroad for coaching talent. So that's that's probably where I'd put my money. I, I don't think they want to, you know, guess and hope again on another AHL guy. I don't know if the former NHL guys are that sexy of picks right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, Matt, give me one of the guys from Europe. Well, we do have, I, I like some of this stuff to point out for the details for the boys in Europe. Um, Landis Cog kind of th thrown out there, kind of has, uh, and I should, <laughs> Landis Cog, Gabriel Landis Cog of the Colorado Avalanche there. 
there's my you know my buddy Gabe. Um, <laughs> his quote was kind of has uh, the charm between being able to let loose around his players, but also demand a lot when it's game time. Now. I point out that detail because I can't quite put my finger on Mike, and maybe we can open up the discussion to everybody here. Mike, we have like a million comments, by the way. So, guys, I apologize. There's a lot of comments in here for Babcock. Jared, you nailed it. Keep keep that <laughs> keep that goddamn name out of your mouth. Um. <laughs> Matt, before we get off the Babcock comment, we yeah. we had Babcock, then we went to Blashill, and if you close your eyes, they sounded exactly the same. Yeah. voice wise um so just keep an eye out keep an ear out for that we our, our next coach might sound exactly like mike babcock right doc doc oh uh <laughs> trying he he's campaigning right now to be number one numero uno on my shit list uh thrown out there babs or torts um would absolutely both of those guys tied for last on my list right now <laughs> but he did uh he did throw out a low so hopefully doc we're uh yeah <laughs> We're going to be checking those medical degrees because I don't know what they're in. Matt, continue. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, what I was saying uh, – oh, yeah, moving on. I, I, I forgot. I didn't finish my point here. I can't quite put my finger on whether or not – does that describe Jeff? Because Jeff has always been considered, like I said earlier, a player's coach. But he gets pretty intense on the bench. He's not like giggling and, and tickling boys going, you know, oh, I'm a player's coach. Don't worry, guys. Let in 11 goals. It's fine. He gets pretty intense. So is this description? So I, I was I was thinking Roger. <laughs> but does this description just kind of sound like Jeff a little bit? And we don't know if he lets loose, but I know there's an element of like when you are the player's coach, you, you're a little bit warm and fuzzier in practice, right? I don't know. Should we just say no because we have no idea and move on uh, and just, yeah, and just establish that this is a, a point of concern? I'm going to let that one go because I don't think <laughs> any of us who watched Jeff over the past, was it six years, seven years? Seven. Would say, wow, what a charming guy. <laughs> let, let me let me just well, take that says, away right now. Yeah. He says kind of has that charm between being it. Like it's not, it's not like he's saying uh, Romberg is a charming fellow, right? I don't know. All right. But of course, uh, Cam yeah, Abbott, just, that we, yeah. we rolled I, over a little quickly here. Um, everybody is constantly uh, letting us know how, how to develop a player um, who's been failed, you know, who, who our coaching staff failed with, um, you know, who, even if somebody has some success, so it definitely wasn't because of our coaching staff. That's fine. But maybe we could say that Cam Abbott, <laughs> I don't know. Do we just say Cider had such a great time in the SHL playing for Hodogo that um, <laughs> like Cam doesn't even, like he has a relationship, right? But did he really have anything to do with developing Moritz Cider? Because Mo just pretty much steamrolled that league from start to finish. Is, it, is this just, is this just God-given talent? That, you know, uh, this one, I, I would say the one comment to keep an eye out for is it looks, you know, like Cam was working with his brother, Chris, who is the GM. Uh, so this one of the SHL guys that we're going to look at, this is probably the least likely one because as far as NHL guys liking to have, um, roots, you know, we'd be asking this guy to, Hey, you know how you're having a great time running a successful team with your brother. That's over. Come on down to Detroit, my man. So this one I feel is, is pretty unlikely. Well, uh, we can, um, let everyone know too. For Gromberg, though, I think the last point to land on here, Mike, uh, he had a game seven 
that uh, I looked up earlier today. Elite Prospect says he lost. Uh, so I, I don't, <laughs> I haven't looked at like the box score or anything, uh, but it did say he lost in the uh, in the championship round in a 2021-22 season. Uh, I don't really care about that. I'm just kidding. But uh, I didn't want to throw that out there. I don't really have any details. Uh, but, uh, you know, for Gronborg, except for his amazing beard. I'm just kidding. Okay. It is a glorious beard. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, that's, I was going to say it's nothing to sneeze at because we love saying that all the time. But uh, certainly it's it's had its fair share of uh, snuggies and boogies in there. That's a, it's a big beard. Um, all right. Mike. <laughs> We have, oh God, we have so many comments to go through. Um, we did have a comment, and I, I'm sorry. There's Martin. Uh, Martin Tuna. Do you see Soderblom's goal he scored the other day? I certainly did. It was freaking amazing. Uh, this is something, too. I, I wonder if, uh, Mike, did you get a chance to see it? Maybe I can, uh, maybe you can stall for us here, and uh, I can try and pull it up. But um, he's, uh He's he's turning into Mo Sider, where it's like every time there's a game where you know player X is playing, I just expect something amazing to happen. And Soderblom, excuse me, <coughs> Elmer Soderblom, um, is once again proving this this might be the most exciting unicorn since uh, God, I don't know, um, probably that one that uh, flies the lead character into Valhalla in. Um, uh, God of War. So pretty, pretty exciting here, Matt. I'm, I'm very, very pumped to see how this guy turns out. Um, it's gonna, easily going to be one of my favorite six foot eight human beings on Earth. Um, Matt, have I stalled enough? Stretch. I can't find it. All right. I guess I just have to go to ice hockey games. Oh, um, no. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, this guy's, you know, showing off that not only is he tall, Matt, um, also very skilled guy. Um and I, I'm pretty sure we're gonna we're confirming that he's gonna be in our in our Griffins team next season. Is that correct? Oh, can I confirm that? Absolutely. I thought I we can. did confirm that he's gonna no, be no. a Griffin. No, we, we haven't confirmed that yet. Um, not 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 from our sources. Can we say that you heard it here first, even if which, it's untrue next season? <laughs> yeah, our sources will be Max Boltman. <laughs> what need he tweets it out? The AHL uh, according to our sources, print it out. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, when when uh, the Grand Rapids Griffins and the Detroit Red Wings made their official statement, that, that'll be our source um, <laughs> for the big announcement. <laughs> All right. So <clears throat> where's our boy at? I, I, I got to. Oh, there we go. Number 25. He, he's taking the puck. From the point, everybody loves the way I, I run these uh, replays, right? Where it's just all. Can we over get the one place. at just like full, like regular speed before we slow it down. <sighs> Fine. Here you go. Soderblom's the one who had the puck from the get-go, but this is, yeah. And you know what? Now, now I get it. Now uh, Ketzel threw in there, seven-foot-tall Bobby Orr. Um, I saw that, and I was thinking, like, it's so weird. Just the other day, I was thinking about Bobby Orr, but it was in reference to this goal. Um, <laughs> because Soderblom does pull the old uh, Bobby Orr and going for the little leap there after putting one in the back of the net. But this is just an amazing play, and and it's. It's not something, too, that anybody will be able to do. This isn't wow. something where we have to, you know, we could look at, oh, yeah, he's got the basic stuff. No, this is just a Soderblom. This is Soderblom only. Nobody else is making this play. Uh, we'll back this up here. Uh, yeah, this is actually going to be really tough to track with um, 
don't know how bad the, uh, the connection is right now. But yeah, I mean, this is Soderblom. When we see him right now, he's at the uh, the top of the circle. Um, I'm looking out from this camera angle. He's on the left-hand side. And he's going to use his body first to get on the, uh, you know, inside of the defender here. And it's just his arm length and how far he can move this puck away from his body is going to give him this ability to put it behind the goalie. I, Mike, you called him our, our little unicorn. We know that uh, Wallander has that, and we know Edmondson has gotten that um, distinction. Like, we've, we've talked about that. There's, there's just something about these guys that no defense can really – prepare for right like you can't there's the bobby Orr shot you can't say we need to spend a day of practice figuring out how we're going to stop Soderblom, right like uh, eventually it'll get figured out but this is just something our our boy is just gonna run rampant i think through the ahl and uh, again we don't know officially but i i with a play think, like this i think you're yeah. ready to go I mean, the like the power, the like the reach, the domination. It just looks like, uh, you know, LeBron James dunking on me and my eighth grade buddies. That's what it looks like out there. I actually, yeah. I have another point. Go ahead. If somebody wants to make the point that these guys are are just way too small to get excited about, that's another reason to bring him over to the AHL, right? Like, do we? He can do this, and he's done it multiple times over the last couple of years, this type of move, this type of get out of my way, Soderblom coming through and just puts it in the back of the net. And we've seen him score from multiple angles. We've seen him be able to, you know, as, as time has gone on, he, he hasn't lost anything. Defenses haven't figured out how to stop his ability to come crashing through in the zone. It's time. We're ready to go. Bring him on over. It's time to sp- Ooh, there's a burp. It's time to see what he can do uh, in the AHL, right? I mean, uh, there, there's uh, there's your two schools, uh, two schools of thought. You can either be bored by this because he's playing against. I mean, you could see the the guy who's playing on him is a smaller human. Um, but that's going to be most people he plays against. Well, that's true. But it, it's one of those things when he was doing it, you know, in in the in the juniors, you couldn't get too excited. He does it now in the SHL. And the size of the player will get bigger when he moves to the AHL and the NHL. We know that. So I think it's time to test that. And it's time to test him, too, with, uh, you know, the North American game as well and see uh, how this can transition. And maybe uh, maybe he'll break a record. Maybe he'll break uh, Bergeron's record, of course, getting most points in a season for the Grand Rapids Griffins. Um, all, all thumbs up for that one. I think uh, Prashant Dyer shared something uh, after the Griffin season wrapped up of Bergeron's game score, um, like for the entire season in Grand Rapids. That's another thing. You know, that's, 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 uh, that's worth it. I think actually take a second here and look this up because it's, it's a wonderful visual for you to see just how dominant he's been and not have to just sit there and rely upon, um, you know, oh, he broke a record for points because we we were snarky, right, Mike? We we were making fun of like, oh yeah, that's uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's nice. The record that's the... been broken before by a bunch of guys who don't become career NHLers. But when you got this to shout out, this is his game by game game score, and like mo- most of these games, he is a positive performing game score player. And for quite a few of them, you could tell that he's 
one of the best players on the ice. And what this is breaking down uh, is by these percentiles, you can see where Prashanth put the dotted line in the 75th percentile. How, how many times is he in the top 25% of players on the ice for that night is incredible. This is this is his first season in the AHL. So again, we're not just sitting here talking about, look at all these points. This is, the, our boys' performance here is uh, fantastic. I just, uh, I wanted to point that out. I don't want to talk too much about it. Mike, I, you know, give you a second here. To, no, I, uh, I know, I know. You always try to, you know, do it with a grain of salt because, you know, uh, we, uh, you don't want him to be Crash Davis, um, you know, our beloved Kevin Costner uh, baseball player, but you, you know, you want to have a little something extra, right? So I, I feel like this, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how much AHL stats really wet your noodle, but um, it, at least you feel a little bit better about him not just putting points on the board, but um, you know, this, I guess this percentile may, might make you sleep a little bit better at night about what kind of prospect you're getting out of Jonathan. Um, but I, you know, we've had sexy AHL players, like you said, who never panned out. So I, it's a nice achievement. Uh, I'm not doing cartwheels and consider my noodle, not especially wet. And uh, here you go. Well, I mean, we're bringing up Bergeron, right? We're, we just, we're talking about all the Swedish players. We can come back to the comments here. Um, Hell 9001. I still love that name. Hell uh, gives us our long list here. He's bringing the conversation back to Gronborg. Um, I think, I think again, that does, that, that one goes in two different directions there, where I think uh, Roger uh, Roanberg. Uh, I like that Swede Detroit, too. Swede Detroit Red Wings. Oh, I, like I didn't even catch that. I didn't even know what you were talking about for a second there. Yeah. Um, Ace coming in. He agrees about Tungay. Probably going to see a new special teams coach. Uh, JM, I want to see us attack the puck. I'm so sick of dump and chase. I... I, that comes back to like the the risk averse um, decision making and anything we can do to get away from that. But I also think that lends to, uh, if if I may, uh, you know, we were talking about Max Boltman's article about all the different coaching options, uh, which we still didn't talk about the one that I think ultimately we're gonna, we're going to end up doing, and I think it's going to be kind of a wet fart. Um, you guys might already be able to guess. Throw in your guesses. Who? Uh, wet fart guess. Who, who are we going to sign? Um, but anyway, Max Boltman's next article, JM, was, okay, Jeff, was he perfect for this team? Doesn't look like it. But, Mike, as you started the show and what Max wrote the article about today, the next coach needs some, some more tools, right? Like, I think we can all look at this team, and as much as I want to make a big stink about I wanted to see Zadina play with this guy and I wanted to see, you know, from the get-go, I wanted so-and-so to get more minutes, whatever that conversation is going to be. I think we know that the talent is certainly lacking for this team. So to that point, I think some of the dump and chase was risk averse because of how scared Jeff was to let this talent, you know, the, 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 the group that's out there, you know, could, could they actually be successful with attacking the puck? Are they going to go yeah. after the puck and then all you know, of a sudden it's a two? Yeah, I mean, you know what's funny too is the next guy who comes in, um, if Iserman kind of helps, you know, stack this lineup a little bit, um, you know, finding somehow finding a second line center. Um, my God, what if he signs somebody along the lines of like a like a Forsberg 
Um, that coach, I mean, this team, and he signs a, he somehow drafts or calls up or, you know, finds some sort of defenseman. So we have a real top pairing. That coach is going to look like a genius, whoever it is, because suddenly you're going to have, you know, an almost legitimate NHL lineup. Uh, we know there's still a lot of depth to fill up. And um, we, I don't know if we quite have the tally for superstars, but I mean, if you're going in with a healthy Verona, Larkin, Tuz, Raymond, Cider, uh, Nadelkovich getting a fresh start. Um, and my God, a second line center. That that coach is, it's going to, it's going to feel pretty, pretty good. You're going to feel pretty smart. Uh, Cause I feel like this, this team, you know, we saw what a difference two guys makes. Uh, what happens when you add uh, maybe two or three more. So Mike, do you, as be a human, as a mm-hmm. human, do you have the capacity? Like if you were Jeff Blaschel, would you have the capacity to watch the Red Wings next season and hope for success? Would you have that in you as a human? Like, would you be able to say, gosh, I, I know I, I didn't do this. I failed, but I man, like, I, I really hope that Bruce Boudreaux takes this. I don't think that Jeff is going to be as upset watching the wins come in. I think he's going to be a little bit more cranky when the off season starts. Like, Oh no, we need a second line center. No, it's important. Oh, okay. I get it now. <laughs> Now we call up all the good prospects. Oh, what a job this guy's doing. <laughs> like that's that's what I feel like Jeff's reaction is gonna be. I, the wins are gonna come. Um I just I think he's it's a little bit like uh the quarterback for the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, watching yet another offseason where his team does not sign or draft any wide receivers for him to throw to. Um so I kind of feel like it's gonna be like that for Jeff. Uh quick point from uh, Martin Tuna, uh in that uh game for Soderblom. That wasn't his only opportunity like that. So our boy was was getting multiple shots on that. I, I do wish, Mike, someday, someday I'm going to have the time to watch some of these games. <laughs> one day. One day. Yeah. Um, Brett is just coming in out of nowhere, even though we've talked about him multiple times. He's just throwing in just an extra grown board. He just wants to get another one in there. Brett, I thought you were around for that conversation. Did, it, did you just, do you want to come back to Gronberg? Do, or did I did I call him? Did I call him? Some, I don't know. Brennan sounded ish. Yeah, Gronborg. Gronborg. Yeah. Um, Sam wants to throw in there. I think Valeno could have a big year next year as a productive uh, after a productive summer. Sorry, uh, he has hmm, NHL feet and hands. Just needs to adjust a tad. I I've probably landed prematurely on him being a bottom six solution for the wingdings. Um, but I mean, I say prematurely, but that I think we could all agree. We want another center on this team and it's not like Larkin's losing his spot anytime soon. Uh, so you're not really right. You're not like, Ooh, I can't wait for us to pick up that third line center. I feel, I feel like if uh, Joe's going to be a second line center solution, might not happen here or it's a ways, ways down the road. Um, it's so funny too. Like he'll go down, to the AHL and line it up. Um, you know, we, he had those couple of stints this year and it, he just looks unstoppable when he's down there. And to uh, Sam, sorry, to Sam's point with uh, the good feet, the good hands, like that's what he's all about. He's just creating plays and putting pucks in the back of the net. And then he comes up to the NHL and maybe that's where it's about. Let's get a new coach in here. Let's see if somebody can give him a different look when he's on the ice and find a way for Valeno uh, or, or, or to use 
Valeno to use this asset, um, and maybe he just hasn't been utilized properly, but maybe again, right? I mean, maybe the hard maybe is is a good is a good placement there. Um, but yeah, I mean, to Sam's point, productive summer. Um, you know, we'd have to figure out what exactly that means to Joe. Um, I think he's a I great just... kid. I, I love the Mojo show. Um, there's nothing that I would love more than to know that that show is going to continue because Joe had a solid spot in the lineup, but um, yeah, no, I just, it, uh, it, it, I, it all, I, I'm yeah, not against him being good. Right. Um, the NHL feet and hands. I think you can make that, you can make that claim. Um, but as far as being a second line center, I got to think we, I would think we'd have seen it by now. Um, and I, I'm not saying that, you know, we have this huge sample size, but I, I mean, Oh, and and then and limited viewings with Lucas Raymond or like Verona, right? You can tell that these are wow, this is like, you know, real talent that you you can't really teach. Like these guys are born with incredible skills, you know, that put them on the first or second line where you know their hand-eye coordination is just unbelievable. You don't you don't know what those guys are doing in their free time, but it's not something, you know, the average human being can do. Um, so I don't think that ideally what Valeno's ceiling is makes him, you know, a one or a two center for the Red Wings. Um, I think he's, you know, could probably have the work ethic to be, you know, the third or fourth best center, but I don't, I don't think he has like that, that undeniable God given or, you know, however you want to describe it skill where it's just, you know, un, undeniable. You can tell that this guy's going to be like a top point producer. He well, seems to me more like, um, one of those baseball um, analogies where it's not a single A, double A, or triple A star, but like a a four A star. So not quite, you know, a, a, a great NHLer, but an excellent, excellent minor league guy and a, a pretty good NHL guy. Well, I'm gonna do this because I'm a big dum dum, and I was just like, Brad, why are you just throwing out? <laughs> why are you just throwing out Cronenberg again? And uh, it's because I said, give me your picks for who I thought would be the wet fart selection. But Brennis, come on, he's not the wet fart selection. Uh, this is my transition. Uh, yet to talk about Lane Lambert. Uh, mentioned earlier in the show, um, you know, Mac, everybody always throws out this kind of, these connections as to like, why would so-and-so be, you know, have the in? And um, it's... Max starts this out. Eisman's former teammate and roommate in Detroit. So there's that. But I I didn't know that, and I was still okay with the with the signing because he's the right hand man to Barry Trotz. And it kind of we know as Detroit sports fans, Mike, you and I. So I can't speak for everybody who's watching this because not everybody is a Detroit sports fan. They're a Detroit Red Wings fan. But Mike, that's cool. But we have been hurt by that quite a bit, Mike, as Detroit Lions fans. Looking at Matt Patricia <laughs> coming over as Belichick's right-hand man. Um, sometimes these guys create these um, – they just have great systems, and they need a, a particular guy in a spot because he's going to be the best thing to make the system, you know – move properly that doesn't necessarily mean that the guy in that system is learning how to create his own system and we saw that firsthand so i would say that is good and bad or, or i should say it's not necessarily bad it's just that we've been hurt before 
And we spent a lot of time in the last episode talking about uh, with different prospects over the last uh, yeah. 20 years, how often I've been hurt. So you know, it makes sense to talk about uh, coaches and being hurt before. Um, I would say, again, this is this to me would be the wet fart. I think there's a lot of excitement for like, like you think about Steve Eichmann and the and the comments always being made that he's playing 3D chess and the rest of the NHL is playing checkers. And for Steve to go across, you know, the pond in the SHL and pick up a coach would just seem like so Steve Eiserman. It would seem so hashtag Eiser plan, right? We'd see the memes with the glowing red eyes from Steve on Twitter. Um, that's what that would feel like. This lane. <sighs> That feels like, I don't know, it doesn't even feel, it's not as bad as like a Ken Holland pickup, right? But it feels, there's something about Lane being our next head coach that just is not, it doesn't get me excited. Now, if we, Mike, if if Steve was like talking to Gromborg right now and he's like, look, I like you, but we're just, you know, we want to get you in our system. We know you're going to be able to speak to the boys. And I don't mean language-wise. I mean, actually, you know, speak to the boys as a coach. Um, we know you're going to be able to speak to the boys, but I'm just not ready. So we got an assistant coaching position. So if it was like <laughs> Gromborg, Lambert, head coach, Gromborg, assistant, yeah, I'd be all over that. Um, I, I would. I would actually be, I don't know. I'd be pretty stoked about that. But anyway, uh, if it's if it's just an announcement of of Lane, and then he creates his own coaching staff, so just there's there's so much maybe, about this that isn't a, as exciting. Maybe we should pivot this conversation a little bit. Um, so, like, maybe it's not necessarily what name do you guys want to see? You know, when Eiserman makes you know the big announcement that he signed his his head coach here for this, the Red Wings entering the next tier. Um, but maybe more about what kind of personality um, and or like focal point of their coaching system do you want to focus on, right? So like a good example, just to kind of, um, you know, counter, give you a counter example, like when the, when the Pistons were, you know, winning playoff series, but they weren't quite championship ready they went from rick carlisle very good regular season coach um and then they went to you know a guy they thought would be you know the final piece in larry brown so you know just just kind of like that do you think that the the red wings what kind of personality do you think that they're going to be trying to hire hire um do you think it's going to be more of a developmental guy or do you think you know is it you know that comment about uh lane being a, a guy who gets your whole team prepared does that smell like an Iser plan hiring where we know how measured, um, you know, and, uh, you know, secretive uh, Iserman could be, uh, but he does seem like a very prepared guy who is, you know, fine taking criticism because you know what, you guys are all going to be, you know, licking my toes when Mo Sider is a, you know, hall of famer in you know, a dozen years. So Gross. what kind of, I guess, what kind of personality, <clears throat> Um, and or philosophy do you think that we're going to be seeing when he does make that that hire official? Well, it feels like, I mean, we'd be getting away from the players coach and the development side of things, and we're going for more 
like you like you mentioned, you, you want to talk about detail oriented. I actually think that's a pretty weak comment because I doubt that there's a coach out there that's <laughs> not checking out the teams coming up down, you know. Uh, Let's just show up. All right. We're going to do a little improv improvised game here. All right. We're going to do a little um, NHL and then. That, yeah. Like I, I would say that comment scared me. Like that was something where I was like, really? That's the best you got? So I guess what I want is someone to talk about these coaches and their past experience and to be a little bit more excited like Landis Gog was. Um, so I, I think there has to be, to me, like the best leaders are building those relationships, but do turn on the no nonsense when it's, when it's go time. Um, and we know like Mike Babcock was always no nonsense and we want a Stanley cup but some have argued how many Stanley cups did we leave on the table because guys just didn't believe in Babcock or they hated his guts. Um, but then you take Jeff and we don't know too much what was going on, but all we were ever sold was he's going to be all about the players and it didn't really seem to kick him into gear to make sure Jeff didn't go down to 11 to two in his final year. So, you know, it's not like it turns on the players to like, um, you know, I'm going to die for my coach out there. So we really, you know, we can't say too much about what's going on. I know like, what do we get? We get press conferences from these guys um, and we get to see uh, really like you talked about their voices were the same Babcock and Blaschel, but you know, really you could, you could make the argument. It's, it's two very different press conferences between a Blaschel conference press conference and a, and a Babcock press conference. And um, one is a little more hardened and one is definitely softer. So I think, you know, think, to me, uh, my, my opinion is always landing, you know, I need something in the middle. Cause I, I want to see what the, the commenters think, but I think that Iserman absolute. This just kind of feeds into my theory that we're going to be one of the first teams to finally prize somebody from Sweden uh, because we absolutely need somebody who can develop talent. Um, I mean, in that interview, Steve's going to be like, "Listen, I'm, I'm not ready to give up on these kids. What do you think you can get out of Rasmussen? What do you think you can get out of Zadina? Um, can you help Joe Valeno move up? You know, from a third or fourth line center, like uh, Michael says on Red Wings ran into a second line center." I'm going to be having all these kids coming up. I got Lucas Raymond. I got Mo Sider. I got Edvinson. I got Wallander. I got uh, the beautiful unicorn himself, Elmer Solterblom. So I absolutely need a guy who's going to be, you know, in these kids' ears and helping them turn the corner um, and be cornerstones uh, for this next wave of Red Wing success. Um, how are you going to be able to develop those guys? So that's, for me, more evidence that it's going to be somebody from the SHL. Sounds like you need Jeff back in there. I'm just kidding. Uh, Daco coach equals fear and toughness on its players and translates to gameplay. I doc, I don't, I think that's one, that's one way. And I don't know. I can't, I can't say that that would be my favorite way for anybody to lead. Um, and I know, we're talking about hockey. We're talking about guys checking each other into the boards. So you don't want to be too soft, but I just can't get into the, I don't know. Gets, I guess it gets too close to like the, the torts and the Babcock way of thinking. And that just makes me hate hockey so much. 
Um, also, you guys want to talk about boring hockey? You bring in a guy like like Torts and, and Babcock. It's, let's talk about squashing uh, chances. Um, also, Torts just, uh, you know, hates Zegris. So maybe that's a reason everybody uh, wants Torts. <laughs> <laughs> um, um. I hope this isn't, <laughs> Sam says this is an exciting episode. But it's You put that out there. And we're kind of like waning. I feel like I'm getting tired. So I hope Sam is actually having fun watching this i feel so tired right now well let's look at um, let's look at the like we all basically all of our current detroit teams are in a developmental phase none of them are really playoff contenders um the tigers thought they were so i mean would you rather have the tigers um like inch uh aj hinch approach um where he he's kind of a you know level-headed guy I, I, you know you really see him you know crank it up to 11 um you know Dwayne Casey is definitely a you know let's play it slow let's develop these guys I'm going to give my kids lots of minutes um and it's just about the daily grind and we're going to figure this out you know one one possession at a time um and then you have our boy uh for the Lions um you know suggesting his players are gonna you know bite the other team's kneecaps um but definitely a player's coach yeah like that's tough but he would, and he's uh, Dan Campbell. By the way, I don't think I said his name. Yeah, right. Like uh, he's going to get his team to like run through a wall, and he just needs more talent around him. I think. I mean, I don't know how you how you just. I'm not interviewing these guys. Um, I think NHL coaches, just like the players, are. You know, they keep to themselves, so it's it's tough. I just know I don't want torts. And I know everybody hates torts, <laughs> so I want, I want something like you, like you said with Dan. Uh, you get a Dan Campbell, you get a guy who is tough and asks for blood, but also, again, these guys, it's just by the look of it, would murder, literally murder for Dan Campbell. They love him so much. So I hope that doesn't get us removed from YouTube. But yeah. What's that HBO show? That's going to be fun to watch. Um, Which one? There's a lot of... Uh, a lot the of one starring the Detroit Lions and Dan Campbell? Jeez. Oh, uh, the Hard Knocks. <laughs> well, you said murder. I thought you meant, like, you know, some sort of killing show, which is all HBO is. So it's like, What's you got to narrow it down a little bit. It's that one show, you know, Can't say football. What so... I, want, I want a Larry David kind of coach. I want... <laughs> Ah, not today. Not today. <laughs> I see you guys didn't show up in the first period. Ah, probably won't for the second either. Coach, two minutes to go. Uh, pull a goalie. Eh. What do you mean? Bum, 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 So you're taking the Dan Campbell approach? Because I feel like Eiserman's going to hire the, the Dwayne well, Casey approach. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I that... That described the coach I was talking about before. Because that also, you, you know, what that, what you, you know what that does too. Um, I did uh, Dwayne Casey. It's going to be a Swedish guy. Oh, you um, might. So Dwayne Casey's not Swedish, but we did get him from Canada. He was a he's a Toronto Raptor. Oh, um, okay. Now I see yeah, the connection. We went abroad. Yeah. But if you're going Dan Campbell, Matt, uh, does that mean that you are taking somebody who used to be in the trenches for the Red Wings? 
you're taking a Red Wing alone. No, no, that has nothing to do with it. His leadership style. I, hold on, let me let me adjust my question here then, because I think that Steve's gonna pick somebody from Sweden because of the way I think the way I think he thinks. Are you putting your money on Steve hiring a former Red Wing? No, I uh, like. What do you I think Steve is gonna I, do? I thought I made it pretty clear that uh, I thought Lane was going to be the one who gets. Signed. You really think it's going to be Lane? Ugh. Yeah. That's why I said it would be a wet fart. Oh, I'd be really bummed by that. We have the comments coming in. Yeah, on that's what I said. All right. <laughs> All right. Jared's got a good one. The head coach from uh, the Leonard Ketting Rockets. Um, by the way, the new show, Shorzy. I, I, oh my God. I cannot wait. I think that comes out this month. Mike, if you haven't watched. Letter Kenny, anybody watching this right now, and you have watched a second of, of hockey or you can appreciate the Canadian people. I appreciate I, the Canadian people. I want you guys to know every last I, one of you. Yeah. Uh, I think anybody who's watched Letter Kenny knows what I'm saying when I make that comment. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of my favorite. It's it's an all-time favorite show now after watching it just the one time. And uh yeah. Well, that's a great pick, Jared. You A plus. I I can't remember what his name is. All I know is that he kicks garbage cans and says, um, oh, you know what? I was gonna say it's fucking ridiculous. Is that what he says? Jared, help me out. Is it fucking ridiculous? And he kicks the garbage can? No. Mike's making a face. He's scared. Um uh, all right. I like Brennis's thought. Dan leads hard, but his heart is on his sleeve. Also, oh man, was that guy? Was that guy openly cried? Yeah, man. I mean, I first I thought, what a punk, but then I was like, man, this guy really, really cares. Like he, he really wants to, like you know, be on that cross for that Detroit Lions organization. That um, definitely seems to be inspiring the players, and um, I think their GM. Obviously, he's you know spilling. Detroit Lion Kool-Aid, but he's like, yeah, players care about that kind of stuff, oh. and it seems like they do want to play here. But go ahead. Thank you, Ketzels. Oh, it's fucking embarrassing. Oh, geez. embarrassing. Like such an asshole. That's uh, oh. that's the coach from Letterkenny. Ridiculous. Oh. Um, <laughs> Ketzel with the win. Thanks, Ketzel. I appreciate it. Um, you know, we were talking about that. There is that video that uh, has been shared since like January. Um, I forget who the first person was to share it on Twitter, but um, Blash Drill shares it all the time on Twitter. It's like at Blash Drill, or maybe that's just his name. Anyway, um, Blash Drill's sharing it all the time, and it's Gronborg because his players uh, were getting hit up during the game, and the game's wrapping up, and, and Gronborg's losing. He's coming over the glass to go kill the other head coaches on the other side of the glass. <laughs> and they're, they're so mild men. Like the other coaches are just, they're, they're like, man, nah. And he's like grabbing the glass and spits coming out of his mouth. It's all over that beard. He's just going crazy. That could be, that could be our evidence that we have a Dan Campbell available or on this list. So I, like I said, it's tough to figure out who these guys are based on press conferences. But there's your evidence right there of Ricard going absolutely nuts. And Joey throws in there, uh, how is he not the perfect fit? I think that, to the Dan Campbell description, is, is I mean, that's, that's a great way to look at it. Uh, if you guys haven't seen that video, I, I highly recommend it. You could probably find it just looking up. Uh, you, should I try and find it? 
Is that is that what we're doing here? I hear you. Nah, we no, we'll get it for next time. Um, right. No, not against that. I just think there's an important dist distinction too that 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 stuff is uh, from Dan is legitimized because we know that he did play in this, you know, in that terrible franchise. Um, so he he knows exactly what it's like being you know a member of that team. <laughs> um, you know, not that you know. Uh, I, I don't know. Grunberg just won't have the adva that advantage, but it does seem like similar personalities. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind Grunberg. Um, that would be, uh, you know, kind of feeding into my, my SHL theory. There he is. Look at those crazy eyes. Oh, fuck embarrassing. Huh. <laughs> Woo! Well, there we, we go. He's doing his letter caddy impression. <laughs> see this reaction come on get out of here are you telling me larkin wouldn't want to you know play even harder for that guy think about how hard larkin played for blash on this on the bench going like this can you can you picture how hard your hand would be shaking while you're in the parking lot and you hear his footsteps behind you like just trying oh wait you don't you can just unlock your car with your key fob what am i what is what year is this <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about <laughs> yeah it's like who, who has a key shaking? who has a key anymore <laughs> what are you talking about man such a stupid asshole <laughs> i mean besides me because i have a 2013 chevy cruise but that's besides the point you know Do chevy you drives the motor city um or of course he's in the swiss league right i thought they just kind of air glided with their rocket shoes but yeah, this is this is a great this is a great video. Great. Let's see if we can pause this here on crazy eyes. Yeah, this one right here. That's scary. <laughs> <laughs> um, if we sign this guy, that has to be our new profile picture. <laughs> uh yeah. All right. <clears throat> Jared's all about it. Hire him. <laughs> Chewy, he's got beard power. And Brennis, uh, I want to run through a brick wall right now. Mike, <laughs> we've uh, we've all got a brick wall coming up, Mike. It's called Monday morning. Um, it's true. I think it's about time we wrap up. We sail off into the sunset. Guys, I can't thank you enough. We had uh, our most live viewers we've ever had. I really appreciate it. Performance art last one here. You guys like him just because of the beard. Damn it, performance art. <laughs> You know, performance art has somebody who will never grow a beard. Very envious of Mr. Uh, Grownboard. Yeah, and uh, I stopped trying to grow mine out. Um, I think you, still... your beard decided I'm done growing out. That's yeah. about as long as yours is going to take. Fucking embarrassing. All right, uh, we need to get that drop. That's that's a good one for all the Letter Kenny fans out there. Um, I don't know. Let's just get. What am I talking about? We'll get the Gromborg one. <laughs> That's gonna be Way our better. drop. Yeah. yeah. Um. It'll be heartbreaking when he doesn't uh, become our next head coach. All right. Um. So we all agree. That's our selection. That's our Dan Campbell of the future for the Wingdings. Um. Guys, if you could hit that like button, if you're still hanging around, I'd really appreciate it. Hit the subscribe button so we can have some more fun in the future. We still have our grades for the Red Wings, of course, by Little Caesars Pizza items. Well, we, we're pushing that to next Sunday. And, Mike, I think uh, May 10th, should we just do a live recording and we'll start talking about draft picks because we'll find out where the Red Wings are drafting instead of doing uh, the next night? 
we're also we want to do that, but I also can't wait to just give just five minutes to talk Toronto and Tampa Bay. Holy crap! How was that a first round series? I can't wait to see how that turns out. I will say that there that has fueled a lot of arguments for how broken the NHL playoff system is. Must watch TV. The East is stacked, though. Like it's really hard to figure out. Like, all right, like how do you how do you fix this? Because any matchup like looks really good. I don't know. Let's not get into that. We'll talk about no, that. We'll talk time. about it next time. Yeah, we'll actually have games that have been played. We'll have two two days. So we'll see you guys on Wednesday. Thanks everybody for coming. Eric Johnson throwing in there. Beard power. Let's do it, everyone. Beard power. <laughs> See, I didn't want to get too psyched because now I'm just setting myself up for disappointment and the wet fart signing. All right, here we go. Hit that like button, subscribe button, subscribe, rate, review on Apple Podcasts, and uh, we'll see you guys on Wednesday night. See ya. Woo!